Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Zing This. It's May the 4th be with you, and the force is with us on this podcast today. I am joined by a very special guest. I brought him all the way from down the hall. Chet, would you like to introduce yourself to everyone on my podcast? Yeah, hey, guys, may the 4th be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, he is a big fan of Star Wars. Me and him definitely communicate um, off mic a lot about, you know, different theories different just conversations around star wars and he he's definitely a fan of it so i wanted to bring him on for this for this force related discussion on us trying to use our jedi foresight to see into a possible future for the star wars franchise and what possibly may be going on in episode eight so uh chet if you want to tell everyone you know what why um why i brought you on and you know where can they find you too because i'm gonna say something in a minute that might have some people yeah fun stuff anyways go 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 ahead <laughs> all right cool cool um so yeah no i appreciate it uh so i am uh, 50% of a podcast called down the hall podcast uh and basically what we do is um we we saw a stat somewhere that said that a person will spend 115 hours every year just looking for a movie to watch you know but you've definitely been there Late at night, you put on Netflix, you're trying to think, what am I going to watch? And you cycle through for about 15 minutes, and then you land back on The Office or something, right? And you watch reruns. Um, and so we thought, man, why why don't we try to help with that? Why don't we try to give people back a, a movie night? You know, like a, especially people who only have time for one, one movie a week. And so um, each Monday, we deliver um, like a 30-minute episode, try to be pretty fast-paced where we talk about a great, in our opinion, great recommendation that week uh, for movie night. And usually we try to find ones that are easily accessible, you know, whether it be Redbox or Netflix or, uh, you know, HBO, HBO Go, whatever, um, all for the purpose of taking back movie night. And we also uh, will tell you a movie to avoid. Uh, we'll bash on a movie for about a minute. And we usually talk about um, a topic pertaining to that movie. So it's meant to be pretty tongue in cheek. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we have a lot of fun. And uh, you guys have, have been a huge part of that for us. And for me, I love the fact that I get to listen to your your podcast and geek out with you guys because my co-host Rodney does not keep up with any of it. <laughs> yeah, um, th- th- thank you for that. And thank you for being on. Um, we're going to get right into it. And I'm just going to let you all know now I don't like saying don't listen to this podcast, but if you don't want anything spoiled for possible stuff that's going to be happening in future Star Wars installments, mainly episode eight, and also you know who 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 people might be or who they might be connected to, I would say wait till possibly after the episode comes out or after you've seen episode eight and check out the podcast. If not, if you're if you're down with you know theories and all that stuff, that's what this entire episode is based around: is us discussing tons of different theories and what our thoughts are on what's possibly going on in episode eight and possibly beyond episode nine or other stuff too so with that being said the spoiler warning has officially been put out there so let's get into using our foresight guiding us through the with the force to see what possible you've been warned you've all been you've all been warned everyone's been warned so let's use our jedi foresight to do our first discussion, I think a question everyone wants to know is who is Ray? So that is that is the question, man. That's the one that I think will be the defining uh, the defining piece of this this new trilogy, right? When you think about 
the old trilogy and the 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 big central piece was the reveal that that Vader was Luke's father. I feel like this question, the answer to this question is being set up to be the biggest, you know, the biggest question asked. Yes, um I'm going to kind of actually do a weird thing and start off by saying I who I don't think it is to to start if that's if that's cool. Yeah. Process I, of elimination. I, I'm going to go with this, and I might upset some people, but I don't think she's a Skywalker. I, I don't think she's somehow the long-lost sister of uh, Ben and the daughter of um, Han and Leia. Because I, 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 just, I just don't think they, they, they'd run immediately back to that well of possibilities for that to be the case. I, I, just, I just don't see it. Um, and I don't think she's related to Luke in any way, like his long-lost daughter or something like that. It just seems very out there for for me as a theory um her being a kenobi is i mean it's possible they have kind of vaguely hinted at that in the clone wars that he might have had a relationship and possibly in rebels that that the the product of that relationship is in rebels i know there is a theory about that i don't think that's where they're going with it there's also, I'm just going to throw this one out there just so I'm getting everything on the table. There's the rumor that she is actually somehow Palpatine's daughter or granddaughter. I'm saying no. I'm just saying no to that because I'm just, it, it just doesn't make sense and it would be weird to go back to that well. So with that, there's some interesting theories on who it might be. And you came up with a pretty good one that, that, that you sent me, Chad. So if you want to take the, to the, the lead on this after I've promptly... Um, dimmed everyone's hope of certain characters. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I, I think I do agree with you. Maybe it's the, the part of me that doesn't want the overly obvious answer for it to be that she is uh, Luke's daughter. I think initially maybe a casual fan after seeing The Force Awakens might come away from it thinking that, um, especially if they have a prior understanding of how Star Wars has done things before. And you're probably but meant to think that too. It's maybe they meant to mislead people. I agree. Too. I agree. And I will say ahead of time, everything that I think about where things are going with Star Wars is all connected to one main theory I have, which we'll get to. But so I think maybe it makes more sense later. But my thing is that I don't I don't think she is Ray Skywalker. Um, but I do think that uh, Han and Leia, um, Luke and even Kylo Ren all know exactly who she is um, and knew her as a young toddler even or a young child um and the reason i I think that there's plenty of hints at that throughout uh throughout the force awakens we can get to that in a little bit but that being said i I don't think she's ray skywalker but i do think he knew her as a as a child uh it led me to think it's possible that uh she is the child of perhaps two students of his uh as he Mm -hmm. was training new jedi um i'm not you know i'm not totally sold on that but i'm just thinking where is where is it fit for her to be known by him and Han and Leia early, early on, but yet not be their their offspring in any way. And it makes me think that perhaps, you know, Luke came to know who she was by her being uh, the child of, of two of her students. That's that's kind of the only guess I have right now. Okay. I have a theory on it, and this, I already just said, you know, she's probably not related to Ben, but I never said she might not be related to somebody else we was, we were introduced to. And this is kind of, there There are holes in this theory, which I may even point out, or I might not, I might see if someone else can catch them, that she and Poe are actually siblings. Now, not the same age, they're, they're, they're not twins. Poe is, of course, the older one. Poe po Dameron is, of course, the older one of the two. 
And the reason I kind of have this theory is because of the comics, actually, that take place after... The comics and the books that take place after Return of the Jedi. Because uh, Luke and Han both knew Poe's parents. Both of them. Uh, she, her, his mom was an accomplished A-wing pilot. Very, very skilled A-wing pilot, by the way. And his dad was a commando who worked with Han. And Luke trusted both of them enough to give them actually part of a kind of Force-sensitive tree that there was only like two of that used to reside at the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. So that's kind of interesting on why would Luke trust them so much to give them something that there was only like two of. So that's kind of interesting. The other thing is Poe is a ridiculously good pilot. It's, it's definitely shown in the movie that he is really good. I, and, and would you even say lucky? But, but something interesting about luck. Um, Chet, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I like where you're going with this. But like you said, uh, as we learn in Star Wars, uh, anytime we hear anything about luck, we realize it's actually the workings of the Force and not luck at all. So that's yes. usually, usually around Force-sensitive people. So is Poe Force-sensitive possibly from exposure to being around that tree when he was younger? I think it's a possibility because, I mean, he's he's a good pilot. He might not be realizing he's utilizing the force, or he's that he is force sensitive. But I think it does it could help to contribute to his abilities as a pilot, and getting out of certain situations, namely being in a Tie Fighter crash in a desert and somehow magically making his way to the rebel to the resistance base. Um, as for Ray, on the other hand, Ray is a very good and accomplished pilot as well. And someone who is obviously very force sensitive, possibly from exposure to that tree that was given to Poe's parents or their parents. Like, like I said, there is some stuff that just doesn't make sense. Poe might not have realized he had a sister. Something might have happened to the parents, you know, during that time. And Luke and Han knew about it because of that situation. And that possibly Luke saw and heard the potential to be a very accomplished Jedi and her and him seeing that made Ben, of course, or Kylo Ren very upset at the situation. And that might've driven him over the edge to be overshadowed by somebody who he felt was not worthy of the, of the title of the successor to Luke. So that's kind of my like long and short of that little theory on that. They may be related there. You know, at the very least, it at least gives um, an interesting story to Poe, at the very least. The idea that the, the Force-sensitive tree was a part of his family, it could, at the very least, contribute to why he is as talented as he is, as you've explained. I know. I, I just, like I said, I kind of stretched out here to look into the, the, the comics they've done, some of the other stories that are considered canon and everything, to try to see if there's any hints within those to see if that might also help point towards who Ray is. And I and I do think that, you know, they definitely Luke and definitely Han, I do agree, knew who she who her parents was or who she is. It's very obvious that, that they that they know. And Kylo knows from some way, either from from his his dad or from Luke informing him or him being aware of him through those. So, so that's kind of interesting because he, he definitely, I mean, there's the one scene where he's told, you know, what, what, what girl, and then proceeds to have a temper tantrum destroying good chunk of the, of the ship. The only problem, and I, okay, I'm fine. I'll, 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 I'll point out my, my plot hole here. 
is if he did know that she was Poe's sister, why wasn't anything said when he had Poe captured? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I thought of that initially too. Yeah. Um, But it's possible that, I mean... You know, it's possible that he doesn't know it's it's Poe's sister. Uh, that maybe I don't know. I, he might just know sister. of her, but not exactly. know her origins. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so I guess that I mean, do you got anything else on the possible origins of Ray? No. Uh, well, I mean, just in just in terms of uh, what her significance, I believe, is to the story, but not in terms of her her actual origins. I think of maybe more to say about her potential future with the with the movies. All right. Well, we'll. We'll get back to that, I think, in a second when we kind of do what's going to happen, what we think might be happening in eight with what we saw in the trailer. Yes. Um, so, Supreme Leader Snoke, very mysterious character. What do we know about him? Basically, nothing aside from he's the Supreme Leader of the First Order. Now, right. do you have any thoughts on who he could be? Yeah. So, we, we do know a few things uh, about him. We do know that he has. Uh, intimate knowledge of um, where he was around to see the rise and fall of the empire by his own claim too. by his own claim. So if if he saw the rise, that would have been, you know, call it somewhere after around episode three, but more importantly, he saw the fall of the empire by his own claim. So he also had intimate knowledge of, of the, the scene or the, the dynamic between Vader and Palpatine and Luke and how he says that emotion, sentiment got the best of, of Vader in a moment of, you know, in a key moment. And um, so he, he knows, he has, you know, to me, more knowledge than somebody who just, you know, a, a neutral observer would have. Um, makes me think that he had some relationship uh, at, at some level uh, with Palpatine uh, going, going back. Uh, my theory, based on some of the books that have come out, um, we did learn in the uh, Aftermath book series, which is a trilogy, mm-hmm. that um, prior to or kind of during in between episodes four through six, somewhere in that range, um, the Emperor was feeling a draw or a pull uh, from the dark side um, that he believed was potentially the source of dark side power. Um, and he, he believed it was coming from deep, unknown, uncharted space. And he even sent out uh, a fleet of researchers and more than likely some some military out there to go and find it and he sent uh some people he trusted specifically some of his uh, advisors um which we also learned he had a a a circle of advisors who uh, were you know powerful and evil in their own right but i think that snoke was one of those i think snoke was out in the the far reaches of space sent by palpatine or perhaps was already out there and was uh what uh, Palpatine had sent w- what they found was was Snoke perhaps, and so I, I I think that he comes from outside of what was previously the known Star Wars galaxy, and um, it it also might explain why he was able to build up the First Order um, pretty much unbeknownst or at least under the radar slightly of of everyone else and bring them in and become an immediate threat. So th- that's kind of I guess I don't know if I explained it well enough, but I think that he is someone who comes from far outside of what we know to be the Star Wars galaxy. He observed from afar for a long time. He, I, I, you know, he seems to be Force-sensitive, um, but certainly connected to the dark side. And I do think that he had somewhat of a relationship or communication with, with Emperor Palpatine. 
All right, I, I, I definitely, I'm going to kind of play off that theory because mine kind of has a little bit to do with that. Um, and the the advisor thing, that that's, that's definitely interesting that it could have been an advisor that was sent out and came back, if, 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 if I got that correct from you. Yeah, I mean, he, in the books we learned that he had he had advisors. Now I don't Which know. Which you do how many see them, I think, in in um, Return of the Jedi. If you watch when he's on the 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 Death Star, he does kind of go over to these cloaked figures that are not the red uh, the royal guards. They're just these people in these elaborate looking outfits. Correct. So that's probably some of some of the other advisors he didn't throw out to the middle of empty space or whatever he had them Correct. going on missions for. So, my thing is this: they've introduced, and and I like, like I said, I'm I'm pulling strings here, real far strings. Um, they introduced a character named Thawn in the Rebel show, who comes from uncharted parts of the galaxy, and that's where the First Order kind of got its origins was from uncharted space. The Empire was helped by Thawn being a part of their, you know, their their collective to help chart some of that. Uh, the Battle of Jakku, actually, I'm not gonna. I want to talk about the Battle of Jakku, but I don't want to talk about this early. There was a thing on there called the Observatory, and that was designed to help chart uncharted space. And I'll get back to the importance of that later. But in the books, the the um the the, the Downfall series, they do point out that some of the remnants of the Empire do flee to uncharted space and find a super star destroyer called the Eclipse, which was the personal ship of Palpatine and it was also thought to be destroyed but it was apparently destroyed quote unquote and was actually fled to to space so that's why I think that they went out there to find Snoke that that Palpatine did have a draw from the dark side to go out there and what then they when they got out there they found Snoke out there and I think personally he is the dark side that Vader uh, Darth Maul, Count Dooku, um, Dark Jedi, any, any anyone who's used the dark side has only channeled it. He is the dark side, like incarnate, like a physical embodiment of it. That's what. That's kind of my theory is is that he's okay. a physical embodiment of the dark side. It, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna talk in a little bit, or at least I'm gonna mention in the Clone Wars series the uh, the three episode arc where Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka go to that that planet where there's a father son and the mm-hmm. daughter and the yes. son the son is the embodiment of dark side are you saying something like that yeah yeah I, I don't think it's the sun I know that there is that theory going around that it is the sun I don't think it is I think that it's possible for there to be multiple embodiments of the dark side and of the light I think that he is an embodiment of it though so that's that, that's kind of where I'm coming from with that, and of course he could have observed or watched it. But yes, you 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 did mention the whole the Palpatine felt that call, and that is mentioned multiple times that he felt some drawing to this uncharted region of the galaxy. So I think that that's very interesting, and why would they 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 be putting that in there? I think Star Wars kind of I I, I think Star Wars at times has a bad poker face, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah. That 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 they they want to keep stuff hidden, but if you put pieces together, they've kind of already shown what might be in the future for for stuff, especially since they've redone the canon and what they're what they're intentionally doing now, which I'll get to a very important thing of the canon and why they've re, and something I have a theory on and why they haven't redone certain parts of it when we discuss what I believe will be coming up next, but um but yeah, so that's 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 kind of my thought on Snoke and everything. I, I, I mean we could be wrong. 
I don't think he's Palpatine. I don't think he's Mace Windu. I don't think he's Vader. I don't think he's... Um, I'm trying to think of... There's, there's a few other you, theories. You don't think I, he's Jar Jar? <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely no. De- definitely I, I no. Guess there is one other... I mean, there's kind of like 10% of me that believes potentially this other option, which is that the only question I have that leads me to potentially think this is um, both Leia and Han mention Snoke by name in episode seven. Oh, they do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So like Han, Han mentions it, I'm sorry, Leia mentions it to Han um, when talking about how it was Snoke that, that, you know, misled or led Kylo Ben Solo to the dark side. Yeah. Um, and then Han mentions him to, to Kylo, um, I believe. And, and with that, it made me think about the fact that, well, so Snoke is not a secret. Uh, he's, he's revealed himself. He's, he's on the scene. Now, maybe that has just been the case since, you know, since Kylo turned to the dark side or uh, potentially, you know, just similar to how Palpatine was just a chancellor from Naboo who then became, you know, revealed himself to be Sith Lord. Uh, ultimately, you wonder if perhaps Snoke was a figure you know, maybe a political figure, someone who grew close enough to be able to have an in with Ben Solo and, and begin to manipulate him, and and then ultimately come to find out he is uh, he's he's dark side. You know, he, he's on the dark side. So I, I I don't know. I mean, there there are things there that make me think potentially he was closer to this situation than we than we think. Um, but you know, that's that's part of the, the. I think ultimately this question, who is Snoke, is just as interesting to me as who is Ray. Yeah. Um, so interesting thing, and I'm kind of revealing something I'm going to probably discuss on a later episode of our Star Wars discussion, but in A New Hope, Palpatine's mentioned, the, the Emperor's mentioned, but he's not really, like, it's just kind of, he, he's mentioned offhandedly by, I believe it's Tarkin, mentions him offhandedly. And it's one of those things, if you're not paying attention, I think when you're first watching it, you don't catch that. And it's kind of an interesting, well, wait, who's this guy who's apparently more powerful than Vader? And I think that's the thing is more people in the Star Wars universe are focused on, you know, the First Order, you know, Hux and Kylo Ren because there are more present figures. Just like in the previous movie, how people are more focused on Tarkin and Vader because they were the present danger. Yeah, the Emperor's a bad guy and Snoke's a bad guy, but they're not the ones that are currently in the process of trying to blow up your planet. So I, I think that that's interesting, that, that, that whole thing, that... the that Snoke is known to these characters and I didn't even catch that. So that's, that's definitely interesting. Yeah. So I guess the trailer that we, we got recently hasn't really revealed anything to answer the Ray or Snoke question, but it did raise more questions. Yes, it did. I think a big one being one, the, the last Jedi does refer to one Jedi. It, mm-hmm. it does. It, it has been, con- it has, it was confirmed that it was, Supposed to be plural, but the director actually said, no, that's actually incorrect. It is singular. So that was confirmed. And it also has Luke saying a very interesting line, which is, all I know is that there's only one truth. The Jedi must end. Why would Luke be saying that? And I think that we're going to get into some very interesting territory real quick with this so i i i don't know if you want to go first or if, or if i want to go oh, first or, or you know i i think i'd i'd almost prefer you to go first here just if that's okay because oh no that's 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 no problem man i i yeah, can have fun with this this is the crux of everything for me his statement you know i had this theory before his statement really solidified it in my head so when you know i want to hear what you have to say first and and then 
I think I, I have a lot to say. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I'm not going to quote this correctly. I know I'm not, even though I just watched it yesterday, but um, I rewatched Force Awakens before we did this to see if I could pick out anything else. Snoke makes a very interesting statement when referring to Luke. He refers to Luke as the last Jedi. So that kind of is like, oh, okay, cool. But then he says he could bring about a new Jedi, you know, like new order of Jedi. Sort of, he Snoke's implying that, and I'm like, why would he imply a new, in in like I, I think that that's parentheses new, order Jedi instead of just saying, bring back more Jedi, or train more Jedi. Like that's I don't know, just something about that 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 line just didn't sit with me right, and that's when it led to, like now it didn't sit with me right, but before I probably just brushed it off. But I think Luke has discovered the origins of the Jedi. And that the Jedi are supposed to be a balance of light and dark. They are supposed to be gray Jedi. Which that's that's what I think that this is going towards is that. Is that they are supposed to be a balance of the light and dark. And if you think about it, it makes more sense that way. Like the whole prophecy originally with Vader, which I don't want to bring up the prequels too much, but I'm gonna, going to for this. It said that he would bring balance to the Force. Well, if he defeated the Sith, that wouldn't bring balance to the Force. That would mean there's Jedi, there's a ton of light, and no dark. And technically, by the end of episode three, there's two Jedi left and two Sith left. So he did bring balance, so he did fulfill that prophecy, if you want to look at it that way. But here's another important thing. They X'd out stuff from canon. And a very interesting thing they, they have not let be back in canon, to the best of my knowledge, is stuff from the Old Republic. Now, why in the world would they not let stuff thousands of years in the past that has nothing to do with the current movies? Why would they not have that be in in canon anymore unless the jedi back then were different from the ones today the jedi we've been introduced to only fight fight with the light and jedi were supposed to be or whatever jedi were supposed to be originally were supposed to be a balance of both light and dark and the problem was some of them went too far to the light and some of them went too far to the dark and it caused a schism or a divide which i think will be revealed and that's what luke discovered when he was going and trying to find, you know, the original temples and stuff like that, was he discovered this stuff and kind of blew his mind on what teachings were, and that could possibly have led, once again, Ben slash Kylo to Snoke because he felt like Luke was being misled or that everything Luke taught him was wrong. So that's possibly where that could come from. Another thing, if you want to talk about how how um, Star Wars does a terrible job of playing poker, Ahsoka. In Rebels is very is is a gray Jedi. They state very clearly that she is both light and that that she walks neither on the side of light nor the side of dark, and she is a very powerful Jedi too, or a very powerful Force user. And they're also very amping that whole thing up of the 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 light and the dark with a lot of the current storylines going on in Rebels. So I'm interested on why are they introducing all this stuff and why does it seem so important in this. It's because they're trying to let people be introduced to it now. So when it comes up in the movies, it will not be a huge out of nowhere thing. So that's my my thought on that is is that this whole thing is is stemming on that. And like, like I said, the whole thing of what they consider canon and what's not, I think it's very important. The whole fact of why would the old republic still not be canon? It's thousands of years in the past. It shouldn't matter unless that stuff is. Some, something's the matter with it because that's not how Jedi and Sith were thousands of years ago. 
So that's kind of my thing. I, I don't know if you want to comment on it or if you want to go into your own, then we can discuss yeah. it afterwards. No, I that's that's a point I hadn't even considered. You know, why would they not have the old Jedi be considered canon unless the old Jedi are different than what they want to show us that the old exactly. Jedi actually like? No, that's exactly. great. Well, I think I think what's great. I mean, and so you know, I'll try to pace myself here because this is to me this is this is everything uh, with this new trilogy and, and probably for Star Wars going forward. But whenever you're talking, whenever you're thinking through things uh, as a fan, you know one of the one of the checkpoints you need to put yourself through is does my theory like how would my theory work uh, cinematically? Because at the end of the day, these are movies. Yes. And at the end of the day, like if the theory is not something that could actually fit into what you've already seen in the movies or be done in a movie, um, it's probably not what they're going to do. Um, so I think though that as we're talking through this, this whether it's what I've read about the actual movies or what I've read about potential rumors of the storyline, this all, this all comes together and it all fits. Um, and basically what that is, is, and, and again, I'll, I'll try to pace myself here, but essentially it all comes down to, uh, the balance of the force. And I remember, I remember reading somewhere that, um, these new star Wars movies were going to reshape the way fans saw star Wars altogether. And, um, and I, I was curious as to what that might mean. And now I'm starting to think I, I get it. Um, but it does tie everything I think really well into, into it. Um, you know, going back as far as, uh, the prequel trilogy where, um, there's that, there's that conversation Yoda has with, with, I believe it's Mace Windu and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he basically saying like, look, I think we misunderstood the prophecy, the whole prophecy of the chosen one bringing balance to the force. Right. And yeah, that was episode you know, three. Three, right. And you, you touched on it too. Um, just the idea of how Anakin, if he had destroyed the Sith, that's not balance. Um, that's an imbalance. Um, and so, and I think, talk about what's, what's canon and what's not canon. Um, it's interesting that they decided to do a clean sweep um, mostly, but they did keep the Clone Wars TV show uh, in canon. Um, and if you look back at some of the most important pieces of that story, the Clone Wars TV show story, um, I think maybe the most important piece that came from that was that three-episode arc where Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan, they go to that planet where they meet uh, this character called Father, who represents the balance of the Force, and they meet uh, his son, who is the dark side, and his daughter, who is the light side. Um, and it's there that we as fans learn that the father was keeping a healthy yet constant tension-filled balance between light and dark represented by his son and his daughter. Um, and there's this really fascinating scene where he has a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Anakin. And it's there that I began to realize that um, Anakin was the chosen one not because he was uh, someone, like the only person uh, in, the, in the galaxy uh, to ever bring balance to the Force, but rather because he was the next person in the galaxy to bring balance to the Force, in my opinion, um, where the father had been doing it and then was passing that burden on to, to Anakin. Um, so I believe that the chosen one, quote-unquote, is less of a person and more of a role that gets played by people generationally. Um, and so as you look at this new trilogy, you know, you wonder – we do know that Luke went off searching for the original Jedi temple. We do know he had done, you know, a lot of research and, and reading and, um, 
you wonder what he found that that caused him to second guess and completely throw out everything he always thought about what he'd been taught, you know, about the Jedi. And it is very possible that he learned that the original Jedi, as you mentioned, uh, were far different than what he had been trained to be. That instead of being so focused on the light, uh, the original Jedi were focused on balance, which means having a healthy uh, respect and a healthy, you know, partaking in both dark and light. And that over time, uh, that became extremely imbalanced by people calling themselves Jedi who focus strictly on light and people who call themselves Sith who focus strictly on dark. And therefore, it needed to be balanced. And I think that um, what that means for this trilogy is that we're going to learn that uh, that Luke is probably, you know, perhaps angry or dismayed by by all of it, uh, but that Ray potentially is the next quote unquote chosen one. That you know there was a theory that Ray could be Anakin reincarnated. I don't believe that, but I do think in the sense that she is, meaning that she's the next person uh, to need to bring balance to the Force, and I think it will be balanced not by her actions, not by her having to defeat this or that, but rather be balanced by her essence, her being the balance between light and dark by embracing both sides. Uh, not Jedi, not Sith, but bigger than that. Literally, the the very being of uh, embracing both, both light and dark. And I think that's potentially what Snoke could even be referencing when he says a new, a new Jedi, um, a new type of Jedi, as you said. So I just think it's really interesting how it all plays out. We'll see. But I think it does tie the prequel trilogy, the Clone Wars series, um, even the the original trilogy, and into what they're doing now. And as you show the, as you said, the Rebels TV show. I think it ties all of it together seamlessly. If the idea is that gray Jedi, if you want to call it that, but really the balance of the Force, black and white. That that is very interesting, and and that that's that's definitely I mean great stuff. It, it's I I do think that they're that they're building towards that. There's so much evidence out there. Um, I'm trying to remember right now, but there is a character I think they introduced in the previous season of Rebels that is supposed to be an embodiment of the Force, and he's brought like a Sith holocron, and they're like, oh that's that's evil or something, and his response is sort of like. It's evil because you say it's evil. It's not. It, it was made that way by you. To me, it's right. just an item, because he 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 can see it as a balance. Like it's it's a balance. Like it's people. Well, in the Star Wars universe, everyone in it are putting labels on stuff instead of actually knowing whether they're. It, it and they're saying, "Oh, that's light. That's dark." Instead of knowing what it truly is, and I think that's interesting that they're introducing this so heavily right now in rebels and why would they be doing that if not to kind of prime people for that's what's coming i completely agree um and you know i said it needs to fit into what the movies are doing and i think it i think it definitely does and i think that um you know one of my other thoughts is that you know luke's lightsaber uh how it calls quote unquote calls to ray um i i think that luke had possession of the lightsaber again i think he did and i think that Originally, when he was first training the new Jedi, uh, including Ben Solo, I don't think any of this balance between light and dark had really come to him yet. I, mm -hmm. I don't think that. I think that he was training new Jedi just like he had been trained by Yoda and Obi-Wan. Um, and I think he had this this lightsaber potentially as like a symbolic passing on 
to who he considered to be maybe like the next Jedi leader, if you will, or the the, the inheritor, the, you know, the heir to to this this role that he had played and, and was played before him. Uh, and I think that perhaps as he's training these Jedi, it's when he's doing his his you know his his journeys to figure these things out. And as he's going, he he learns something that changes everything for him. And when he comes back, I think it's at that point potentially that he refuses to give the lightsaber to Ben Solo, let's say, uh, because his mind has been changed about what he's been doing at all, what he's been training them at all, whether or not it's even good. And um, potentially by that point, Snoke has already been manipulating uh, Ben Solo to where that's a tipping point and it becomes you know, uh, a source of anger for Ben Solo who then leaves only to return as Kylo Ren with the Knights of Ren mm-hmm. and wipe out, wipe out those students. Uh, by that time, Luke potentially had been trying to train them differently and maybe kylo wanted nothing to do with it awesome well that's that's definitely great i mean i i there are a lot of questions around that lightsaber i think something pointed out was that it is in the same box ben kenobi had it in or obi-wan kenobi had it in which is very interesting because it's like that that had it couldn't have just been someone from cloud city found it it had to have been someone who knew who ben kenobi was slash obi-wan kenobi knew who luke was like somebody had to whoever it was luke or somebody else had to have known the significance of that and got it to her and knew it would be safekeeping with her and um the whole calling out to to ray thing i think there's an interesting thing that once again was introduced back in the star wars tv shows testing this out and also in some of the novels as well there is a character known as quinlan voss who was a was part of Legends, but then was brought into canon, he had an interesting uh, Jedi ability to where he could touch an item and sort of see its history. Right, right. What happens when Rey touches that lightsaber? She right. sees no, its history. Yeah. Yep. So that's something that maybe not knowing how to control that, that's what ha- it kind of overloaded her instead of, whereas if he had grabbed it, it would have shown him what it, what it actually shown him and he would have understood it. So that's kind of an interesting thing on they brought this character back from from out of Legends into canon again who has this very unique force ability. So why would they bring that character in unless there's a reason to have them in there? Or it could just be something, there's something bigger going on with that lightsaber that we're not aware of yet. But like, like I said, we, we've established that Star Wars does a really good job of seeding and putting stuff out there before it's really taken taken home with the movie. So I so, agree. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of our, our uh, I mean, there, there's a lot more stuff in that trailer of just cool stuff, but, but, but that, that line and the whole thing at the beginning where, where Luke's, you know, saying breathe and then the, the what do you see, the light, the dark, the balance, so much more, I think also lends credence to the whole, the Jedi, the Jedi are a balance of the force, light and dark and not just light. So de- de- definitely something, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see by this next movie. I, I hope they don't draw it out to another movie. Like, episode 9 actually truly reveals some of this stuff. But, but yeah, so, I mean, this de- de- definitely, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to add before we move on to the next thing. But this 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 is, I think, the meat, of, meat and potatoes of this discussion was right there with the whole. Oh, yeah, it's, it's everything, man. I completely, I mean, for me, this entire, the entire conversation around Star Wars, who is Rey, you know, et cetera, et cetera all ties back to this conversation about the balance of the force. So for me, you know, as I'm thinking through, 
my own thoughts on these different theories, it all goes through the filter of, well, how does it play into the balance of the force, which I believe to be foundational for how things are moving forward. So, you know, I, I think that's everything. That's the crux of everything because all the smaller theories around it, I think tie back to it in some way, one way or the other that we'll, we'll soon find out. Awesome. Um, so we kind of wanted, I, I mean, I wanted to have some fun. We were discussing off, off mic, you know, what, what we wanted to do for this episode. So the, the next thing is kind of I, us discussing, you know, where do we think Star Wars is going to head? And that being, I mean, we, we've, we've discussed where, where the bigger picture is going to head, but, you know, they obviously want to do spinoff movies. Rogue One was a huge success, so they, they obviously want to do more. Han Solo's currently in production. But, Chet, I'm just, I'm just asking, you know, what would you, you like to see done? And I know there is a lot, you know, like Obi-Wan or you know, Boba Fett and stuff like that. Are, are these things you, you'd like to see? Or is there other stuff that hasn't even been mentioned yet? Yeah, I well, obviously I'd love to see, I think we'd all love to see an Obi-Wan movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think there's no chance that it doesn't happen because it's been talked about so much. I think Disney would be, you know, I think they would, they'd look and say, yeah, there'd be enough traction. We, and, we definitely need to do this. And Ewan McGregor is, is like on board 110% right. to do it. Like, I, right. I'm, I'm sure he's just walking around his house right now in Jedi robes just waiting for that call. Right. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, aren't we all doing that every day? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, I'll be honest. So every everything that... I'm a, I'm a huge star. I'm a, obviously I'm a geek in so many different ways, but Star Wars for me is always going to be my favorite franchise. So anything Star Wars, I'm going to give a chance. But I'm always going to be more interested in uh, shows or or movies or stories that uh, give a greater understanding to the big picture stuff. Um, I like side. I like anthology movies. That's going to be exciting. Even the Han Solo movie, sure. But I doubt that the Han Solo movie is going to have very, very much to do with a greater understanding of the big picture conflict with the Jedi, with the Sith, with the Force, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for me, the ones that I would love to see is I would, I think a great, really fascinating one would be potentially like there was a book that I read that was not canon, um, or it was canon, but is no longer canon. Uh, about Plagueis and Mm -hmm. it was so good to me because it was like a Plagueis origin story but also at the same time a a Palpatine uh, origin story Um, and we know that Plagueis is in fact canon because Palpatine mentions him in in episode three but also it it gets into a little bit of Darth Maul origin stuff so if they were to do a movie like that where it told three stories in one um, or any two of those stories would be really fascinating and I guess the other thing I would say is if they were to do like a a Rebels style show, like maybe even a Netflix show, um, just kind of documenting Luke's adventures post Episode Six. I think that'd be really interesting too. That that would be. I mean, the comic they they have comics, they have books covering a lot of the trying to fill in a lot of the gaps. But I mean, we all would like movies, and there's still a lot of questions left unanswered. Um, I I, th- I think that that would be a cool like um, a Star Wars anthology. Dark Siders would would be cool to to, right, to get yeah. like the the origins of those three. And kind right, of get some exactly. backstory on that, possibly throw in some Dooku stuff because his origins are, I mean, kind of not not really explained too thoroughly, for the best of my knowledge, within the movies. Other content has, I think, explained it, but that would be interesting to have that too. Um, I know Boba Fett's one a lot of people are pushing for. And right. I actually, if some executive is listening to this, consider this my pitch for the movie. <laughs> I, I, I got this figured out. Boba Fett, to me, is a character 
that when I and I'm, I'm going to go on a rant too. So so brace yourself. All right, Boba Fett's a character that when they revealed that he was Jango Fett, it was a it was something to where I kind of sat there and stared at the screen. Like like once once after the second or third viewing of this, once once the excitement died down from the first time seeing a new Star Wars, it kind of resonated weird with me on. So Boba Fett's just the perfect clone of Jango Fett, and all these clone troopers are just clones of, in in perfect clones technically, because they adjust them, you know, slightly to be more docile or this, that, or the other for the clone troops. But Jango Fett is, I mean, Boba Fett's just the perfect clone of Jango Fett. It made Boba Fett's character less interesting for me, to be honest, because I found out something about him. I think. What they need to do with Boba Fett is have it take place to where he's, of course, older, takes place sometime before he makes his appearances in the in the movies. After, of course, after the um, he's in Clone Wars, I know, and there's rumors that he might be in Rebels, but have him be. Um, have you seen? Actually, here's a good question. Have you seen the movie Dread? No, I, I do know exactly what it is, though, but I have not seen it. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna use that as sort of a template for this. In Dread, you know you learn nothing about him at all, aside from he's just a basically uh no nonsense judge for, for Mega City. Anyways, I'm gonna put this now into Star Wars terms terms real quick. Have Boba Fett be stuck on some ship with some bounty, and for some reason he can't get off the ship and the bounty has to be taken alive, and he goes on this adventure adventure with this bounty where he's having to drag him along and basically protect him from other bounty hunters or, you know, from the people who are trying to get this bounty. And he's like, you know, one-lining it. Not really, you know, never takes off the mask, never really disbulges anything. Just just kind of this hard, just, just this hard character, you know, you don't really learn anything about him. And then he finally gets off the ship and realizes that the bounty's either dead or alive, and you think that there's been this whole dynamic growing between the bounty and him that, 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 you know, that they've learned something about each other, that there's possibly been some growth for Boba Fett, and he learns that he can be taken dead or alive, just turns around and shoots him. That'd be great. I, I, I would love that, because it, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know anything more about Boba. All I want to know about him is he's a bounty hunter, and I just want to see him do an adventure. I don't want to know if he had a family. I, I'm not, personally, maybe I'm just weird like that. I don't want to know anything more. He's more interesting the less I know about him. No, that's a great that's a great point. I mean, part of his appeal for now decades of Star Wars fans has been the kind of mystique around the character, right? You know, he's he's he wears a mask and he just kind of has what we know about him is that he, people are intimidated by him and that's about it. And uh, I think I think you're right. I think that's a great way of looking at it. I assume they probably will do a movie just like I assume they'll mm-hmm. do an Obi-Wan movie because I think yes. fans will clamor for it. But I I I think there is a chance that we see some anthology films that focus not entirely on just one character but find a way to focus on more than one or um, events that that happen maybe too just right events. i mean like for example the han solo movie i think will have a young lando we know that uh boba fett could be there J- uh, job of the hut i think that those types of movies might be more inclusive in terms of classic characters mm-hmm. and give uh give more uh context to each of them all at once I definitely think that Rogue One, I mean, burst open the gates for this. Like, I remember leading up to Rogue One, there was a lot of speculation about it that, you know, who knows what this could do, you know, where could this go, it might not be good, there's been a ton of reshoots, and it, in my opinion, that movie blew me away. I'm so excited that that will be coming up very shortly for us to discuss on my podcast, because I have a lot to say about it. I think it's a very interesting movie, especially since it kind of was only 
came from just two lines and a crawl, basically being like, um, they, right. they, they got the plans and they did this whole movie. One of the, in my opinion, I'm not trying to say that the Endor fight, the, the, the star battle, I mean, the starfighter battle wasn't good. That set a new standard, in my opinion. That was amazing. I, I, I love the desperation for, for the rebels that this was, a, that they had to push everything they could to just get these plans. And it wasn't even a sure thing too. That, that was another thing. Once again, I think the the rebels, as they did, you know, in all everything else, it's it's always when they're pushed to the limits to where the characters really shine through. And I thought that that was an amazing job. Going into it, you kind of assumed everyone was going to die, and it did happen that way. Sorry, spoiler, if you don't know that. I don't know why I'm saying that though. <laughs> every, everybody died, and it was kind of one of those things where you you're sitting there. I was sitting there the whole time the first time I saw. It, I'm like, they're not going to kill everybody. There's no way. And they did, and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm not, not to be morbid, but I'm kind of glad they did. It, it, it made everyone, you know, had their moment. Everyone had their perfect moment. Um, right. It did develop the force a little bit, where I think the force was kind of more reintroduced as a more ethereal thing than as a scientific thing, because I do think that he was, Chert uh, was able to utilize the force. He he was a conduit for the force, whereas Jedi use the force he was a conduit for the force to be used through him if that makes any sense it does so so that that, that was something that i think was introduced there um vader being in it i thought was well done he he was he wasn't i i feel like they could have done that badly to where he was really heavily in it and it just kind of didn't make he, he was in it for what he needed to be and everything he did was perfect uh tarkin being in it was great because there was this whole struggle between with Tarkin, you know, being in charge of the Death Star and everything like that, and I thought that was interesting. The CG, I'm not that bothered by it. If you focus on it, it's going to bother you, but if you just watch the movie to watch the movie, it's fine. So I'm starting to go into my, my, my Rogue One, so I'll be quiet. But like I said, that, that movie definitely opened up a huge opportunity for anthology movies to, I think, work really well, improving that it it did nothing but expand the Star Wars universe. It did nothing negative, in my opinion, to, to like do anything bad to it so I, i'm excited to, to see what they could do next um possibly and this is something that i think is going to be covered in the upcoming video game um battlefront 2 but i would love to see the battle of jakku like actually happening yeah. it is yeah. i i i'm i don't i mean I'm, I'm assuming you you know some of the stuff about because you mentioned it um earlier a little bit and yeah. I'm going to kind of talk about it in case somebody doesn't know a lot about it. I'm going to very briefly kind of touch on stuff. It was the last stand of the Empire. They had one Super Star Destroyer left, and they basically, the, the sky was basically full, filled with Star Destroyers and everything trying to take down this one last Super Star Destroyer and hopefully end the war finally. Because, I, I mean, everyone kind of assumes that at the end of Return of the Jedi, the, the Death Star is blown up, the war ended. It didn't. It, it, it had to keep going because there was holdouts, and basically the Emperor's plan was... I'm His plan was, if I die, you all die with me. Like, the Empire falls with, with me, and I'll take all of you along the ride. So I just thought it was really, you know, just... Just seeing that battle, just just everything scattered about Jakku in Force Awakens, I just want to see that battle that took place. And I agree. the the previous game, the the first um, Battlefront, did you you were playing in that battle? But I think that that would be an awesome movie sequence to possibly show that it could, of course, still happen in the main main movie, so they could have a flashback to that. Because I think the Battle of Jakku, and I think Jakku's not done being important yet. Personally, yeah, I, I, I think I, that I, there's more to that planet. 
Definitely. I, I think that um, sorry to talk over there. I'm, oh, no, no, I, go ahead. We're talking. We're talking Star Wars. And I get I get pumped up. So I know. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that you're right. I think that um, the aftermath book series, which I referenced, uh, that style, how he he wrote this book, uh, is is kind of like touch and go. So it brings in a lot of different viewpoints of what things look like after the second Death Star gets destroyed and how that what the implications were throughout the galaxy in different pockets. And one of the stories it touches on is the tension between the political figures who were left uh, after, for the Empire after the Emperor's death and who was trying to gain control, who was trying to lead the Empire from, from there, uh, knowing that there was still a conflict at hand. Uh, there was a lot of propaganda going around the galaxy about you know, how Vader had lived and you know, how the Emperor had lived, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But I think what's, what would be interesting would be a movie done in that in that way because I think that what Rogue One showed us was that the rebels they kind of had to make tough decisions too. It, you know, in war, it's not like always so easy to say good versus evil. I think you see Cassian, you know, just straight shoot a guy at the beginning of Rogue One, yep. right? And and it gives that kind of gritty sense to the war. And I think that if you were to do a movie with the last stand of the Empire, uh, you could still show that you know, the Empire ultimately are the bad guys, quote unquote, but that perhaps do it from a perspective where there's, you can maybe even have the fans be a little bit sympathetic towards maybe a few characters within the Empire as they're making their last stand. I think it would bring a much, I don't know, I think it would be an added element to the Star Wars, uh, you know, universe for, for the fans. I mean, not to not to, to, to get too side, side with the dark side here, but I think the Empire is a very interesting thing that hasn't really been, you, you don't really see anything from their point of view too much. And I think that would be interesting in a possible movie where, where, where you are sympathizing with these people who, like, they, they were just trying to do technically, they didn't realize that they were working for anyone evil. They just thought they were doing their, their right thing to do as, as citizens of the galaxy to serve their, you know, leader and everything. Like, some of them were grown, grown up that way. So, I mean, that, that would be interesting to see somebody maybe questioning that in a movie, you know, yeah. have it from the Empire's point of view, have it be, you know, about Jakku or other stuff to where they're, they're starting to waver in there. Were we doing the right thing? Are, is fighting these rebels the right thing to do? Because there was a lot of, you know, people who, I mean, um, gen, um, commanders of ships who were crashing their ships purposely into other ships to just destroy them because they're like, you know, we got to take as many as, of these rebels as we can or just giving up on the fight and being like, well, the emperor wanted us to end it and just crashing their ships basically straight down into the planet. So, I mean, it, it, it had so much emphasis. I'm like I said, I'm talking about the Jakku because that's the one that we've gotten the most information about recently. Right. And like I said, yep. I'm fingers crossed. Maybe battlefront two will tackle it because I'm pretty sure there was a, in the very short trailer, I'm pretty sure there's a scene from that to where it shows a ton of star destroyers and other um, rebel ships in the sky over a desert planet. So hopefully yeah. we'll get some. Like I said, I just want to see it on. I just, I just want to see it on some screen, just some battle situation like that. So, so yeah, I'm excited about that. One, you're the first person I know to 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 bring that up. And you, when you texted me that recently, and I thought it was a great idea. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, I, I mean, do you, you got anything else for this? Because we we have run very long on this, but we we've had a lot of fun discussing this. Because Star Wars is oh, something yeah. that I mean, we we both obviously love. It was oh, the, yeah, yeah. It was the well, first thing I, I wanted to do because we, we definitely want to do more specials every year for my podcast to pick different movie series and stuff. There was no question. I was like, Star Wars, we need to do Star Wars, we need to do Star Wars, Star Wars is going to... And there was zero argument. And it's definitely yes. something that a lot of people really enjoy and love. I mean, we just spent, I'm, I'm pretty sure, close to an hour just discussing theories 
yes. about it and just our <laughs> love of it. Yeah. Oh man, you know, I was gonna. The only thing I would say, and I was, I was gonna reference that for you guys. I've really enjoyed the Star Wars series you, you guys have done. Um, so keep at it. And if I can brag, I know I brag on you guys a little bit. I know Ellie didn't want anything to do with this episode. She doesn't like the, from what you explained to me, she doesn't like the idea of theories. She doesn't want anything spoiled. That's fine. But if there's, you know, if you want to play just this part of the episode for her, I gotta say, both you guys uh, do a great job with the show. Um, what I love about it is. For every for every uh, topic that a podcast can discuss, there's 50 other podcasts doing the same thing. Uh, there's very few examples of, of of podcasts that are unique, and you guys are not unique in the sense that there are other there are definitely other podcasts that talk through. You know, one of the first episodes I heard you guys do was about Batman, uh, and I loved it. it. There's other podcasts talking about Star Wars, but what keeps an audience coming back, and what has kept me coming back to listen to your show is when the audience feels like they can connect to the hosts and that they feel like they're hanging out with friends every time they listen to an episode. And it just so happens we are now friends. But prior to that, mm-hmm. I, I did love the fact that I was able to listen and be like, yeah, I'm hanging out with these guys. And that's that's to me what makes a great show. You guys have one. Keep at it. Oh, thank you, man. You you, you and Rodney definitely have a great one too. I enjoy listening into, to your discussions over you know a cavalcade of different movies. And um, I, I definitely cannot wait to have you guys on. Uh, they, I, I've just mentioned this now. I know it's been mentioned before. They, they will be returning, I'm sure, not just for our discussion on the top 10 sci-fi war movies, sci-fi yeah. and high fantasy war movies, but I'm sure that we'll have plenty of other interactions with you guys. You, you guys are enjoyable to work with and enjoyable to listen to. I, I definitely like like listening to your picks if there is a movie that i'm trying to find on netflix if if i see one i know you guys have covered it is definitely one that will jump to the top of my watch list then so that's great i just just want to say you know i talk about you guys a lot and it's because i really thoroughly enjoy your podcast well we Um, appreciate that man we're just trying to learn we're trying to have fun but we appreciate it and and i i thank you for your for your uh compliments on on our show and i'll definitely have Ellie listen to at least that part. May, may, may I'll cut together just that part <laughs> out and have it for her separately Great. so she doesn't accidentally go too far ahead or too far back. There um, you go. <laughs> just one more thing I forgot to mention earlier, though. Sure. This is the last season of Rebels. Okay, yep. But it has been pointed out that this is not the end of Star Wars cartoons and con- content like this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where they could be going next with this. I don't know where Rebels is going to end. I know they have the Forces of Destiny thing coming out but that is not their intention of what will be coming next and i i thoroughly believe that what we see next from them i think they have done a great job with the with the um clone wars and the rebel series so far i think they did a phenomenal job with that and i will say this i was very hesitant on the clone wars to begin with because i'll admit this and this will probably come out in a later actually it'll come out in our may episode because we're talking about stuff that's no longer canon the old Dexter's Laboratory cartoon version yes. of it. I loved that. Like, I thought that, that was amazing. They introduced Grievous. It, it, it was so well done. I loved it. And I actually went to the Star Wars celebration. Um, I cannot remember which one for some reason off the top of my head right now. But we wanted to go to the... Um, me and Ellie wanted to go to the Clone Wars panel. And we were sitting at it. And, you know, they were taking questions. I was all excited. And one person asked one that I wanted to ask was... How does this fit into the Clone Wars series that was already done on Cartoon Network? Right. And somebody walked up, whispered something into one of the main per- it's one of the main people up there was like whispering to them, walked away, he leaned into the mic and went, "That's no longer canon." Next question. 
Oh, and no. I and I am not joking when I said um, a million voices cried out in pain. Yes, I'm not joking because I I, I I thought I was going to be the only one yelling no. You couldn't hear me over everyone else. Yeah. So it, it's no, definitely it's something that that I I learned to love the series after that because I was against it and I watched it and I'm like you know what I I was I was hard on this it's 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 a good it's a good series. Well, the series after that, my opinion is that for every ten episodes, seven of them are probably worth skipping, uh, and you'll get three out of the ten that two of them have really, really good action and interesting stories, and one of them is really, really significant to the big picture stuff. So, so, uh, so you're talking about Rebels? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm talking about I'm talking about the Clone Wars uh, show that um, that came out after you know not the not the cartoon one, but more of the CGI. Okay, one, okay, cool. The, I just didn't know if you're talking about Rebel. Rebel. You said the one after it, so I didn't know. Yeah, sorry, my my apologies. Now, oh, it, no with Rebels. Um, uh, I am excited to see where how it ends up, and I did hear two different rumors about what would be coming out next. Oh, uh, oh, do 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 do. I mean, this is theory, so there's we, we can spoil anything. It's just rumor. It's just rumor, uh, but it will be a cartoon show or a, or an animated show. Um, and uh, one of them was what I had mentioned, which was like Luke's Adventures post episode six. Um, and uh, but I think that's less likely. I think the one that I have heard is um, something similar to the Old Republic. You know, kind of along those lines. Interesting. Yes. All right. Well, like I said, we we've run long. Um, I'll I'll, g- I'll give you a, a chance again, Chet, to to who or anyone who stayed tuned in this this long to to do another plug for 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 your podcast and everything, and oh, then we'll, okay. we'll we'll sign off. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I'll I'll just say very quickly, we are called Down the Hall Podcast. We just give a movie recommendation every week, every Monday. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Down the Hall Guys. Um, but most importantly, probably you would want to go to our website which is downthehallpodcast.com, where you can kind of get involved in our conversations about movies. And also, you can actually scroll down and recommend a movie for us to watch right on the website. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, um, I've been Zinger. And this is Chet. And may the 4th be with you. Happy, happy May 4th, everybody. We'll see you later. <laughs>